Listen, it's not coffee or donuts. It's not campfires or s'mores. Not peanut butter or jelly. Great things happen when two good things come together. So why choose between cash flow or appreciation? Rent to Retirement's new construction homes give you both. Rent to Retirement offers newly built homes that attract the best tenants with fewer repairs in outstanding rental markets. That means more monthly cash flow for you and plenty of equity growth in the background. Plus, their creative financing options let you buy investment properties with just 5% down. Not 20%, not 10%, 5% down. Rent to Retirement offers turnkey new construction homes already built, leased, and managed for you. Their investing experts find the best markets that consistently offer double-digit returns and prices as low as $150,000. And they've got more five-star reviews than any company on Bigger Pockets. You invest, Rent to Retirement does the rest. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 224. On day one, we did one house. So we are no different than any listener right now that is doing their first one or has just completed their, you know, their first few deals and they're looking to, to scale and grow. We're no different than them. We were in the exact same boat, you know, 13, 14 years ago. But one of the things about us. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host 
host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Brandon, where is your like? You're supposed to jump up at when I say host. Oh, that's right. I where totally forgot my jump. Where are you at, man? Um, where are you at? I, I'm I'm out in the water. I'm I'm in my head. I'm you know surfing or something. <laughs> You're doing something, man. I don't know. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm uh. This is my know. co-host, by the way, everybody. This is Brandon Turner. He's Hi, what's up? he's out in he's out in Hawaii. I, I don't know what what he's doing out there, but uh, I'm I'm I don't know what I'm doing out here. I'm I'm escaping the rain. I keep seeing like Facebook messages of family and friends of mine at home. Just like, you know, I saw one this morning that just said, uh, for the love of God, stop raining. Just, <laughs> I'm like, you know, this, yeah. is, this is not bad. No, it's not bad. And, and you, you, you make a habit of letting us all know how not bad it is <laughs> on a daily basis. Hey, Josh, Hawaii's pretty good, man. When it's, you come to Hawaii, it's, Josh, it's, it's pretty Instagram. good. I got to keep yeah. putting the Instagram pics up to make everyone, you know, like, oh, I got to go to Hawaii, you know? It's all, oh, yeah. it's, Are it's you now employed good... by the uh, the Travel and Tourism Board of Hawaii? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I'm going to talk to them. Maybe I'll do, a, I'll do a, a, a Hawaii vacation podcast, you know, with Josh Dorkin and Brandon Turner. It'll be great. Nice. Nice. Anyway. Awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, so uh, vacation's going well. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's, it's travel. It's travel because you're working. Still. Travel. Yeah. I call it like half vacation, half travel. It's, uh, it's like the whole like, uh, you know, I don't know, use your real estate to build up cash flow and, and, and other assets, you know, like then do what you want with it. You know, like uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the build as many pipelines as you can in life, whether it's the yeah. real estate, whether whatever and do fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's good. And, and you're, you're also doing a great job of, of adding a, another pipeline and, and that is a character in a new movie, Leatherface. Yes. Leatherface. It's the new movie coming out in 2014. <laughs> no, my, yeah, I'm not burned. I'm just really getting tan. Uh, oh yeah, you know. But when you're when you're this shade of pasty pink white, and, pink, and, pink and red is not quite <laughs> what I would call tan. But you know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, I got the raccoon eyes going too. So you know, you've been wearing the shades. So nicely done, nicely done. Well, listen, man, we got we got a great show today. We got we got a, another repeat guest back on the show. Yeah, today is one of our actual. You know, uh, is one of my favorite people. I know one of your favorite people, Chris Clothier. Uh, awesome guy, very very smart businessman. Oh yeah, business man. We will talk about in the show. It's my business, man. Man. And uh, yeah, I mean, today's show is fantastic. I mean, Chris, I mean, we talk about, we start talking about like big picture business stuff and then we drill down to the nitty gritty of like, I mean, this guy's doing build, like 17 deals a week. Yeah. How do you do oh, yeah. that? How do you, how do you grow there? How do you get your first employee, your second employee? How do you scale? How do you make offers? I mean, I love this stuff we talked about today. I could have talked for four hours with Chris today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, for me, the coolest part of the show was not that, even though I love that the coolest part was when we, we started talking about his ultra marathon oh, stuff, yeah. hundred miles, yeah. hundred miles, hundred miles. miles. And it wasn't just like, Hey, who's crazy enough to do a hundred miles we, we got into how, how an ultra marathon is very similar to doing your first real estate deal. Yeah. And, and the analogies, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, what we talked about, I think will really get a lot of people motivated, get a lot of people pumped. So I'm super excited about today's show. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we do, why don't we get to today's uh, quick, quick tip? Hey, I got a quick tip. I, I know we had one planned, but I have another one just off the top of my head. Just right, a, a real, it's a real estate quick tip. So this is like a simple, small thing, but it just, it happened to me yesterday. And so I thought I'd share the quick tip. So I'm negotiating on a real estate deal right now. We had it actually negotiated down to the price we wanted. Uh, everything was great. Uh, and then I, well, I should say we had our number on what the repair was. We have the contractor come in, tell us the number that he said, and it was exactly the number we had decided on. And, and so everything was great. We were going to sign the contract this morning with the, with the person. 
And then by chance, the, the partner I'm working with on this deal happened to talk, be talking to the contractor and realized the contractor only bid labor. For some reason, he just decided that Ooh. his bid didn't include material. And we never Oops. specifically specified we want labor and material in this bid. So uh, all of a sudden that threw the bid off by, you know, 15 grand. Now the deal's dead. So I should have, from the beginning, we should have just, yeah, so quick tip, specify with your contractor when you get a bid, you want labor and material. Don't assume that they know what you're thinking. That is a fantastic tip. Really, really, really good tip. Yeah, nicely done. Well, our quick tip for the show is uh, Bigger Pockets Publishing is uh, looking for more books. So we ask that you submit your proposal, outline, and sample chapter to biggerpockets.com slash author. If you are interested in being an author for Bigger Pockets, uh, please do that. And speaking of authors for Bigger Pockets, as we are sitting here recording this show, today, well, actually yesterday was the official launch of uh, Scott Trench's book, Set for Life, ranked as high as I think it was like 150 or something. Oh, all books in the Maybe it was world. 160 of yeah. like every book on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, last I checked, it was 175. It's crazy. Yeah, it was it's so popular. Crazy. It was sold out. Like, I mean, like they're they're shipping more right away, but like yeah. they ran out of their stock. Amazon's entire massive stock. Of yeah, books temporarily out of stock. Yeah, so it's yeah, awesome. it's it's crazy. Awesome book. If you're interested in learning more, uh, check out the podcast with Scott Trench. We just did, and uh, of course, remember that bigger- there's. There was a big bonus like launch. We're doing a big launch here the first couple uh, weeks this book is out. Uh, and so if you guys end up buying the book in the first two weeks, make sure you guys email setforlife at biggerpockets.com and get a whole ton of bonuses that Scott put together. So, Yeah, and you can check out the book uh, at biggerpockets.com slash setforlife. So let's get into this thing. Of course, if you have not yet rated, reviewed us on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, any of the places that you're possibly listening to the show, please do that. That really helps us get the word out. And let's get to Chris. So as we talked about, Chris has been doing this for a very long time. His company has now grown dramatically. They are now doing about 17 deals a week. Uh, I believe uh, we had talked about $100 million in real estate. Uh, it, it, it's it's crazy. So so let's listen. Let's uh, hear what he has to say and, and take it from there. All right, Chris, welcome back to the show, man. Wow, you're in the Elite 3 Interview Club. That how elite is that club? Just, just I'm not competitive or anything. I just I think there's like four of you, maybe three of you. Yeah, three or four. I mean, Uh, not many. It's like so I wasn't the first. That's all right. It's no big deal. It's all right. I'm good with that. The first was actually it was a a a tie between Ben Labovich and Brian Burke and Serge Shukat. We interviewed all three of them, right? Didn't we do that all in one big show? I think we We did. did. Yeah. Well, all of them are way more entertaining than I am. So that's I'm good (laughs) with that. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. So you, you may not be the first three, Peter, but you know, we're, we're excited to talk to you today. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I've never actually probably told you this before, but you're one of the business minds that I look up to a lot, both in real estate and business. So anytime I get a chance to pick your brain, I love to do it. So uh, I'm excited about today's show when I heard you were coming back on. So it should be fun. I, I'm excited. I'm always excited to come on and talk to you guys. It's funny you compliment, compliment me that way. And, and of course, uh, every time I see Josh, I'm always saying that this is, it's really cool how you and I used to talk, when was it 2008, 2009, we would just kind of uh, connect on business to see how each other were doing. And here we are, however many, eight, nine years later, I'm loving what I'm seeing you guys do. So I look up to you as, as much as you may look up to me to see what's what's happening out there. Wow. Wow. Why don't we all get a room and, you know. <laughs> okay. 
that's that's All right. just weird. That's just gotta weird. be the last. That'll be the last one of those that comes out. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to start at the beginning. You know, obviously, people. Have, some people have heard your show before that we've done with you, but a lot of people haven't. They don't know who you are, what you do, uh, or anything about that. Can you got to give us a, a quick recap of your real estate story? Where you came from? How'd you get into real estate? And uh, how'd you get to where you are today? And you have one and minute. Really co- and really quick, Chris was on show 26, so biggerpockets.com slash show 26, and show 122, biggerpockets.com slash show 122 previously. Man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. All right. The funny thing about the way I got started in real estate, and we'll keep everything very, very short, but uh, I, I love telling people that it was complete accident. Most, or there's a lot of investors today that don't know who Carlton Sheets is because those commercials are long gone. He's no longer on the air anymore. But I actually was sitting in a hotel room uh, unable to sell my personal residence in Tennessee. And I'm in, I've transferred to Dow or to Denver and I ordered a late night TV, you know, uh, Carlton sheets program, how to invest in real estate. I think it was no money down or, or cheap, creative, whatever. And I received it. It was funny. I found it recently. I only opened about a third of the material that he, that he sent to me, but it was the, it was the right third apparently, because through reading his you know, creative steps to get started in real estate. I ended up doing my first real estate deal just a couple months later. It was a trade. I ended up trading my home, my personal residence for a uh, investment property down by a university. Somebody was ready to start a family and expand. I needed something less expensive there in Memphis to be able to, to enable me to buy a property in Colorado. And so that's what I did. I ended up trading homes with somebody I took their, in, you know, their small property by the university. They took my big property and we were off and running. I was hooked. Nice. So that's cool. That's how I got started. Okay. Yeah. Since then, I own with my family, uh, Memphis Invest. We are a turnkey provider out of uh, Memphis, Dallas, and Houston. We've been doing this since 2003. So this is our 14th year as a company. And um, we just went over 4,200 properties under management. Wow. And uh, yeah, which... We, we didn't, we, we never saw that coming. I don't think that we ever set out. There's no whiteboard. Like I have all these whiteboards around. There's no whiteboard that says this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. We just, I guess, through perseverance, some good decisions. You have to say some luck because we made some good decisions at the right time. And, and the way the industry was going, we've, we persevered. We've been doing this for 14 years. We have uh, 1,800 clients and 4,100 properties and 4,200 properties under management. So do you manage for other people as well or only for the clients you sell properties to? Yeah, no, we, we stuck to only managing properties that we've renovated. Okay. So yeah, even, even we've had some, we've had a number of clients that have sold their properties to other investors and then we've maintained the management for them, but we won't take properties on that we didn't, you know, really? renovate in the first place. I did not know that. Yeah. I, you guys are, yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, that means just you're bigger than I thought you were. I mean, 4,200, I was thinking must be with, you know. Don't, don't inflate his head anymore. <laughs> it's... I mean, that's, that's significant. I mean, that's, I manage, signi- I manage 50 well, tenants and it go, drives me a little bit nuts. So, <laughs> well, it's not only that, but like, I mean, w- you guys recently crossed a hundred million, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, the funny thing is I was telling some investors recently, and I, and I do this a lot that you want to tell people that you always make these decisions based on what's best for the client. And in reality, when you're, a, when you're a bigger company, if you're really thinking about strategy and what you're doing, you're always making decisions on what's best for you as a company. And then if you know what your, you know, what value you provide or whatever, then, then that'll come. When you ask about why we don't manage other people's properties for us, we realized early on that if we didn't do the renovation, 
you know, move outs and renovation costs and, you know, fix ups, that kind of stuff that can really, that can take a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of resources. You know, you have to have a lot of people to manage that type of a business. So we decided that we only wanted to manage things that we renovated in neighborhoods that we were comfortable. And so it really limited our ability to grow. But what paid off in the end, what we didn't realize is that we could manage more property with fewer people. We were way more efficient as a company. And it so, made it, yeah, it made it better. So, so how many people are you guys today? We have 77 full-time people today and three offices. So that's the other thing. We, we began to position people in different parts of the country so that we, you know, again, be more efficient. And that I, is pretty efficient. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a pretty slim team given that you guys buy, renovate and manage and, and you've got 1800 clients and 4,200 properties. I mean, like I, I would have expected you were at like 125, 150 by now. No, and only about about sixty percent of those people work in the management company. The rest, and that's, so I would say it's, it's, and I don't have the exact number for me, but I would say it's probably no more than fifty in the three cities. The rest all work in other departments around the company. So, okay, and can I ask how how do you structure seventy seven people? I know this might not be super applicable for people listening to the show, but I'm just curious. How I mean, do you have managers and then directors, and I mean, how does that structure? Yeah, we've, it's been a struggle for us. You know, we're a family owned company. And so you've got my father, you've got my brother, myself that for years, we actually each ran particular departments. I mean, we were the, you know, not only were we the owners, but we were, you know, knee deep in, in the decision-making every single day. We've since we've, we brought in some really, really key people that have helped us become comfortable, given up some things. So today it's structured where you've got the three of us for lack of a better way to put it, we kind of sit at the top. And then we have uh, a CFO that he doubles as our, I mean, he's, he's head of all accounting. He's head of HR. He doubles as our HR guy. We always tell him to leave the room if we're going <laughs> to, if we're going to say anything that we don't want him to hear. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. We've got one guy that's really taken over the head leadership. And then we have a group of five that are executive committee and each of them runs a different department. It's property management. It's uh property renovation, it's uh, property acquisition, you know, they, they're all over, one of them is over customer service and each of them has their department that they run and they each have a team anywhere from four to 20 people. And so it's, it's very departmentalized, you know, and you got a lot of, everybody's kind of meeting with their own teams and it comes back to the, to the top for us to, to review. So, you know, you, you guys grew it. it. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's a very similar story, right? I mean, we're not quite as, as big as you guys are in, in terms of staff or anything, but you know, it was the same thing. It was me. I did it all. I ran, yeah. ran all the departments. Brandon came in, you know, hired a few other people. I was still kind of running them all. And then you get to a point where you can't do that anymore. And then what happens is you, is you you're not removed from the business per se, but you're m- removed from the details. And and so I wanted to just ask you about that, you know, as, as you know, one of the three that was kind of doing everything, making all the decisions, you know, what, what is that like now being in a place where, where you start to, you know, get removed a little bit? It's funny. It gets, I will say that, that anybody that really enjoys real estate and I've always said I'm more of a businessman than I am a real estate guy, but I do love real estate. Right. It got to the point where, by the way, I thought you were going to steal the, the Jay-Z quote there. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Man. <laughs> anyway. Next time. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm shocked that that came out of your mouth. I expected some quote from like Dolly Parton there, Brandon. Cause I know a Jay-Z quote. Come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's in I'm a not sure where somewhere. that's going, but <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, hell, I don't even remember what I was, what was I saying? Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a businessman. Business I'm a business man, man. but <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I got to the point where I was like, it's almost, it's not lonely. That's not the right way to put it, but I missed getting my hands dirty is a good way to put it. I missed being in the houses and being a part of the, the decision-making. We, we actually, my younger brother and I both began to do uh, our own higher end buy and holds in, in a, in a part of the town that was, it's, you know, they don't, they're not as, it's not as practical to, to offer to, to out-of-state investors because of the price points. But for us, we were, you know, we just wanted to get our hands dirty again. And these actually were fix and flips that we chose to hold instead, but it was exciting. I found suddenly it was exciting to get back in a house and, and talk about walls that we were going to take out and, and which, you know, materials were we going to use to finish it out? What color schemes were we going to try? Because we had gotten removed from that. We were, as you said, Josh, we were much more into the, I mean, you know, like personnel decisions and you're meeting with, you're meeting with team members about the details of what they do, which, you know, has nothing to do with real estate per se, right. you know, it's, it's numbers and it's, it's uh, reporting and all of it's important to some, in, to an investor, but it's, it's no longer practicing the art of real estate, the art yeah. of, of finding, yeah. fixing, selling. So that, that said, I, I think people worry a lot to like in the beginning of real estate investing, like when I first got started, when, you know, you did, Josh did, I feel like we all focus a lot on the mechanics of real estate. You know, we read real estate books and we go to real estate seminars or whatever. Like it's all about real business or real estate, uh, but real estate in itself, it's really just a business like any other. I mean, it just, the asset you're dealing with is, is real estate, but you're in a business. So yeah, I, I'm a big believer in like, you know, like even if you're a one man operation, start thinking in terms of this is a business and I deal with real estate. Well, it's funny that even with like with you guys, we say, we've been saying this for quite a long time. We've recognized it a long time ago that we're in the customer service business. Mm-hmm. We just happen to do business in real estate. That happens to be the thing that we do. You like bigger pockets is not a, you know, per se a real estate company, yep, right. uh, you know, it's information company. And, and it's, it's just interesting how, when you, like you said, Brandon, when you think nothing about, or when you, all you think about is the, these details and these numbers, you can lose focus on how, sometimes how they work together, how they interact, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's been an interesting ride to go from actually every day we used to, you know, when we first started, we, our offices were my dad's truck. Nice. Where we would, we would get in his truck in the morning and we would drive around and look at houses you, we would go buy renovations. We would go buy houses we wanted to buy. We would go buy houses that were already rented. I remember many times stopping and going and knocking on our residents' doors if the yard wasn't cleaned up right, or if we saw something that we didn't like. We would just go and knock on the door and let them know that we were the, you know, owned the owned the management company. We wanted to make sure that they knew they needed to clean something up or whatever. And you know, we since then we've gotten away from that. We try and it's funny. We try and take a day a month where we get out, no matter what city we're in, and we go and do nothing but look at houses. Because we got, because, you know, at some point you get, you grow to the, to a size, like you're saying, Josh, where you have people doing all that for you and you're staying with them. You're in the, you're in the numbers, but you're, you know, you need to go out and take a look at it and you still need to feel like you know what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've been talking big picture here, right? I mean, we're, you know, and, and a lot of this for listeners who've never done a deal or done one or two, you know, they're like probably tuning out by now. So like, I'd like to. Bring it. Not that you're yeah. boring, Chris, because you're not. But how do uh, a little bit? But like, <laughs> h- how do we bring this whole thing back? For example, 
you know, somebody getting started who's just done their first deal or they're working on their second or third. How, how do you start to get those people? How do you start to build that infrastructure? Like from the very beginnings, um, well, hiring out those tasks that you're doing. Um, what's, you know, where, where, where would somebody start? What would yeah. you recommend? Well, I always tell this, the exact same thing that on day one, we did one house. So we are no different than any listener right now that is doing their first one or has just completed their, you know, their first few deals and they're looking to, to scale and grow. We're no different than them. We were in the exact same boat, you know, 13, 14 years ago. But one of the things about us, and it's a little, it's not unique to our family, but we, my dad kind of had this vision to be able to create something and said, we will, we'll kind of adjust as we go. So this whole idea that you have to have a, a game plan and you have to know exactly what someone's going to do and you have to have their, you know, 40 hours outlined. We weren't that way. The very first person we hired was a friend of my father had an assistant who he could not keep busy. My father knew he needed help with mailing out mailers, answering calls, going out and checking on houses. He needed someone to, to begin to fill this role for him. And so he met this young lady for coffee and he told her, he said, I don't know where this is going. I don't know exactly what you're going to be doing, but I have things that I need help with. I want to hire you for 15 to 20 hours a week. We'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what comes next. If you have that openness and that idea that, that you're not going to freak out, that you don't have exactly what the person's going to do from day one and you can't fill them up with 40 hours, don't look at it as wasted dollars. Don't look at it as an expense that that is too much for you. Look at it as an investment that even a, even a small investment in someone that's going to answer your phone for you or re reply to emails for you or make filings and, and call up your residents or call up your contractors, just kind of begin to organize you. All that's an investment in you and yeah. getting your time back. And so, yeah. yeah, so everybody that you hire from that point on, no matter what they're going to be doing, they're doing something for you. They're taking something off you to give you more time to do what you do best. That's, that's really the way you have to look at every single person you hire. And they don't have to be full-time either. I mean, you could hire somebody five that's hours right. a week. That's right. That's what, that's what he did. And it's so funny. Her name is Carol Hendricks and she still works with us today. She's in our customer service department, but it's, it's really interesting the way she tells the story. She's like, he did not have specifics. He did not know exactly what we we're going to be doing. He only, he was managing 50 houses at the time and he just wanted her to come in and help him take over some of the mailing and some of the answering the phone calls and some of just the, the stuff he didn't want to do. And so I, and I don't want you to hear the fact that he had a hundred houses at the time. Cause that's, that's not necessarily the point either. You don't have to have a hundred and, and that doesn't need to be the point you decide to get help. You can get the help from day one, as long as you are focused on what you want to do best. It might be, you know, finding the houses. It might be running the, the renovation crews. It might be negotiating deals, whatever it is that you really, really enjoy you just find somebody for a few hours to, to kind of learn the business with you and, or from you and take a couple of tasks off your, off your plate. You know, a year ago, a year ago, I hired well, a little over a year ago. Now, I hired my assistant, like my first assistant, right? At the time I advertised, I was looking for somebody 15 to 20 hours a week. Uh, and then she came to me and she was perfect for the role, but she's like, no, I need a full-time job. I had to leave this full-time job. So I ended up hiring her full-time because I'm like, you know, it, it's going to be an investment in there. And uh, I mean, it's, it's been a huge learning experience, but I mean, if you, I would speak to everybody out there. I mean, if you can do it, do it. Like, and again, even if you have to go part-time, I mean, just the fact that like she takes care of the process stuff has been the biggest impact for me. In other words, like 
real estate is largely about processes, right? It's about analyzing deals and making offers and going to look at properties and things that I know I should do, but I don't always do because it's like, ah, oh, I got to go out and do that. But instead I make her do it. And then she does the process stuff while I work on big picture. It's been a monumental change in my business. I love that you just said that because even us as a company, we had, we had a meeting this morning and I was speaking to a gentleman by the name of Ryan in our company who heads all of our buying. And it was really funny that he, he used some words, he used verbiage, whatever, that he's, he's trying to really, really focus in and just buy per, very, very particular houses. And so in other words, he's trying to make eight offers to buy seven houses. And anybody that's been in real estate for a while knows that, doesn't that happen. it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And, but he's gotten, it's not that he's got, he has not gotten lazy at all. I don't mean like that, but he's gotten very comfortable with a high rate of success. And, but right now he's struggling to find the, the 16 or 17 houses a week that we want to buy as a company. So it was really interesting. I told him I'm talking about processes and he's got team members. I told him that that's what they're for. You know, we should be making, you know, a hundred to 200 offers a week to go out to buy the deals we want. It's the same thing for anybody starting off, bring somebody in to help you to make the 10 offers a week that you need to make in order to buy the house that you want. You know what I mean? It's, it's take those, take those little jobs that you don't want to do or not even that you don't want to do, but you want to focus elsewhere and let them do the process. I love that you said that Brandon, because that's exactly right. Wow. Thank um, you. you. Did you hear that, Josh? Well, maybe, wait, now you, if I maybe I, I should have done it? that. I mean, I mean, right. <laughs> no, here's what I think. At the beginning of every bigger podcast, yeah, nobody podcast, cares what you listen, think. Can every we, podcast hey, episode now we have wow. a little, we have a little like, segment, right? Like we're yeah. like the guest says something really yeah, powerful. There's a segment. Why are you? And we why put are it in the talking? beginning. We're gonna take that little clip right there, and we're gonna put that at the beginning of the show. It's gonna That's be like, not happening. Brandon, you're the smartest, best looking guy I've ever known in my life, and. Whoa, I want to give whoa. you a hug. Is that what he said? Something like that. I need a I need a scoreboard over here where I've got the compliments for Josh and the compliments for Brandon. <laughs> make sure I'm keeping score. So keep it even. Keep it even. Uh, no. All right. So I want to talk about you, this you a little can more. Compliment him. It's, it's yeah, fine. His you know? his ego can't possibly get any bigger. Chris, his head possibly can't possibly get it's any bigger. Too big. So it falls over it, sometimes. I yeah. figured he might be in need of some love. You know, with with, uh, with with having to work for you and the, the hard rough. driver that you are. Yeah, wow. it's okay. rough. It's Jeez. A, yeah, it's a rough life. I'm I'm sitting here. Let's everybody you know? pick on Josh now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so right. can we get back oh, yeah. to this? I want to I mean, talk about like, seriously. I want to talk about process because this is something I harp on all the time. You talked about yeah. First of all, can you explain why it might not be logical to say I'm going to make eight offers and get seven deals? Like, why is that maybe a, a that's newbie a good thing? question? That's a great question, actually. A couple well, there, Brandon. <laughs> Hang on. Let me mark that on the wall. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's um it's that's a learned experience, is what that is, in that you may you may have success making eight offers and getting seven or eight houses, and it does happen. But you'll learn th- over time that over 52 weeks in a year, that that's not gonna be the case, that there is competition, there are you know, forces working outside of, of you that, that you're not aware of. There will be just the competitive nature of real estate in and of itself right now means that if you try and really focus in and just make that, and we'll, we'll dumb the numbers down. If you try and make that one offer to buy that one house, you give yourself the lowest odds of success. And, but what happens is most, especially newer investors, they have, they have a high level of fear that if I make 10 offers, what happens if I get four of them accepted and I only want one and it's not a scarcity mentality. It's just a lack of an abundance mentality. An idea that if you made 10 offers and you had four accepted and they all look like good deals to you, but you can only buy one, you've got three other opportunities 
to turn that into an income. I, yeah. Now it might be partnering. It might be wholesaling it. It might be just letting it go and calling the, you know, calling another investor that can step in for you. You may not make any money on it, but you can call that listing agent, let them know that, Hey, I had to accept some other deals, but I've got a buyer here. That's, you know, whatever, whatever ends up going on, all of them are opportunities for you to do really well, either increase your name, increase your, you know, your reputation or to increase your bottom line by buying the house. It's not a, that's not a bad thing. If you win four of the deals, it's just more than likely an investor's got to make those 10 offers to get one. Not not ten offers to get ten. That's the number I always say. One out of ten. It was funny in high school. Like we're all said, you know, if you fail ninety percent of the time in high school, like you're an, an idiot, right? I mean, like you're, you're you're failing and you're a miserable person. If I can fail ninety percent of the time in real estate, I'm a millionaire because all I know is that I have to make that many more offers to get the numbers that I want. It's a numbers game. And if you, the other thing too is that you tell investors. This is also good for new investors to hear. If you make eight offers and you get eight accepted. You probably offer too high. Yeah, you you probably <laughs> are in a bad position at that point. You probably yeah. have have offered too much on those deals. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with you should be embarrassed by the offer you make, but you should have to calculate it and think about it and think about what it is you know what what you're going to make on this particular deal while you're making the offer you're making. And if it's just like off the top of the head, like this is what I'm going to offer, you're probably not valuing your time and what you're going to get off this deal very much. Yeah, that makes sense. Take a second and imagine this immediate cash flow, above average rent, built in equity, and a foolproof exit plan. No, it's not 2012 again. This is just what it's like to invest with Integra Development Group. They've simplified the real estate investing process so everyone can invest. With their new construction single family rent to own homes, you'll get aggressively priced brand new properties that have tenants in place now in one of the fastest growing states in America, Florida. Here's how IDG's rent-to-own strategy works. You get exclusive access to inventory with aggressive pricing thanks to IDG's builder-partner relationships. Then, invest and collect immediate cash flow with tenants already in place at or very close to closing. With the demand for new builds, your tenants pay above market rent, so you rake in more cash flow. And you'll get built-in equity and appreciation with an already agreed-to purchase price at year three, helping the tenants become homeowners while you build wealth. That's investing simplified. So secure your next investment property today with Integra Development Group at IntegraDG.com. That's IntegraDG.com to start investing today. As home prices and interest rates continue to rise and inventory levels dip, it's getting harder to find quality flips and wholesale deals. When there's not enough on-market inventory to go around, it's time to start looking off-market. Lucky for you, there are millions of homeowners nationwide who own a property they need to get off their hands. I got two words for you, my friend. PropStream it. PropStream is the leading real estate data provider and recognized as a Tech 100 honoree by Housing Wire for the fourth consecutive year. With PropStream, you can search over 155 million properties nationwide using 120 plus search filters like pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, pre-probate, failed listings, and more to help you find motivated sellers in seconds. PropStream offers both public record data and an MLS sales estimate that's over 99% accurate to help you get the most accurate comps even in non-disclosure states. PropStream also provides lead automation, skip tracing, and a marketing suite with emails, postcards, and custom landing pages to close more deals efficiently. Get started today with their seven-day free trial and get 50 leads for free. Head on over to www.propstream.com BP. That's www.propstream.com BP.
Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal Do Not Call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. So how are you guys actually finding deals now? I mean, you know, the market's tightening up. Oh, man. In, in a lot of the markets you're in. So, so, you know, 17, you said you guys are gunning for on a weekly basis. What do you need to do to get that many deals? And obviously those folks who are listening can, can extrapolate from that in their own market and things like that. So what... Yeah. How are you guys finding them? So number one is be impeccable with your word. I mean, we've, we've never backed out of a contract. And so we still have an incredible high rate of success buying directly off the MLS. We still have a lot of real estate agents, listing agents, brokers that, that will come to us to get our price on a property. Doesn't, they won't necessarily come to us first and we won't be exclusive, but they will come to us and ask us for the price because they know that our contract is strong. And so we win a lot, even when we're not the highest price because our contract is just stronger. So hey, what, do you, reputation. what do you mean by that? Contract is stronger. They're going to close, right? I mean, if you yeah, sign, yeah. you're going to close. Yeah. And, and we, we use fewer of the um, outs. You know, we, we don't put in the 10 day review clause and the, I want my money back clause and all those kind of things. We basically come in and say, if, if I put an offer in, Earnest money is rock solid. If I don't close, you can keep it. We don't ask for a lot of, of periods to go review houses unless it's a, with a particular agent or a particular company that says, we want you to, it's okay. You know, we'll give you three days to review. Basically, as you just said, Josh, if, if we end up signing the bottom line, we close. And that's what makes our contract super strong, especially in this market. Cause you have a lot of, you have a lot of, of it, corporate entities that are buying now. And, hey, Chris, I, I want to interrupt really quick. Cause yeah. And I, now I definitely want to get back to the, the original question. My, you know, I, I worry that some of the advice you're giving may create some, some issues here and, and hear me out. So, you know, first we're, we're saying your, your word is your bond. You guys are going to close on it. And then what we're, we're talking about is telling potentially new people, Hey, if they offer on 10 properties, you know, you may get four accepted. Now, and they, they're now in a position where they may not be able to actually accept those four offers. So how, how do we work through that? How does, sure. you know, I, I know we already talked about some options for them, but is there not an, an ethical issue there? Or is there not some, some kind of dilemma that, that people should think about? Man, I love that you caught that and asked that question. Cause I'll tell you that there's, there's no better advice I can give somebody than to be honest and upfront. Yeah. And I'll, I'll use the word brave. Because it, I think, you know, it's not just in the real estate. There's a lack of bravery sometimes that if you, if you find yourself in a situation where you cannot close on a deal, the best way to handle it is with honesty, integrity, and very 
straightforwardness. You know, don't beat around the bush. If you can't close on a deal, you go straight to the the listing agent or the the broker's firm or whoever it is, and you let them know that this is what's happened and why I cannot close. Too often, it's you know, radio silence from somebody that can't close on a deal. And they just say, I'm just going to walk away from my earnest money and forget about it. I didn't have to put much up. So that's just a learned lesson. And mostly that's out of embarrassment. Whereas if someone will step forward and say, this is the dilemma I'm in. I cannot close at this time. Here's the, the way I'm trying to work through this. Can we work together? What can I do to assist you? Uh, because everybody wants to get paid on the deal and you're holding yep. someone else up and get paid. I don't, I guess being impeccable with your word and, and your, you know, your word is your bond, Josh, is as good as if you can't close, but you've done everything you can, then what can, what else can you do? You know, you, you hold your head high and you say, I, I acted with, without malice and I acted with, you know, integrity Yeah, and it goes a long way. We've, so when I say we've never backed out of a contract, that's not, I mean, again, we've had to back out of contracts before for different reasons, but we've also gone and always been very, very upfront and honest. And we have had situations where we've had people tell us that you can't back out of it. You know, I, you have to close the contract for one reason or another. You have to do this. And we've done it. We've, we've closed that contract. And that's, that's one of those where you just suck it up and you make it happen. For a new investor, again, that may be tougher to do, but you can't, you can't hang your head. You know, early on, we made decisions and back through the, the crisis, the crash, that if we signed a contract, we were going to close it. And we did. Very, very, very rare would we have to to ever back out. And I can't, you know, again, like I said, I can't think of these scenarios, but I know that it's, it's happened. Yeah. The reality is that we've always just been upfront and honest and said, this is exactly where we stand. What can we do to work together? And when you do that, you just, you build really, really good rapport. And you build I think a good it's name. great advice. Great advice. Very, very, very good. And and I expected that was what you were going to say, but I had to ask the question. Well, and, and also on that note, it's not like, I don't think, I, I, I don't never, I know I don't advise and I don't think you guys would either like a newbie to go out and make 10 offers on a Thursday afternoon. Right. Like I think in no. terms of over a month no. or two, you might make 10 offers. And so you'll right. know, it's not like you're going to get all four. Even if you did get four to 10, you're not gonna get them all in one afternoon accepted. Like, unless well, you overpay. Unless you, <laughs> <laughs> you offer that yeah, way too much. Well, the other thing too, is that it's just so easy today to get a mentor and to have uh, someone to, to bounce good advice off of. If you're willing to take action, you can find someone who's willing to assist you with advice. And so, you know, the other, the other, the flip side of this is that any new investor coming into this, one of the very first things to do, especially, you know, you asked me earlier about hiring people or how you conduct your business or how you grow. I mean, there's just so many high quality resources and, and yeah, I'm going to bounce back onto bigger pockets here for a second, but there are, there are so many ways to be able to get the assistance that you need and get good sound advice that you need where, as you said, Brandon, I'm new to this. I, I should know better than to go out on the very first day and say, I am just going to, here we go. I'm letting them fly. Here go all the offers <laughs> without, without really having that, that plan. You know, you sat down with someone, you've gotten good sound advice. They've helped you review and kind of narrow down your farm area that, you know, you know, the offer you're going to make or why you're going to make them. There's just, there's just too many good ways today to take care of yourself that you shouldn't, you should not find yourself in too many scary positions. Having deals accepted, if you've done your homework on the front end, should be a really, really good thing. Not a, not something to be nervous about. That makes sense. So, so going back to the, the, the finding deals, you're, you're getting a lot of luck on the MLS, you said, and then you were saying uh, when Josh rudely cut you off. <laughs> you're like, hey, hey, can you mark it on your board, please? <laughs> hey, yeah, oh, that's, take one off. 
No, that's a bonus. <laughs> we got you. You were saying we got a lot of corporate buyers coming to the market, uh, and, and you know, what do you mean by that? And and what are you guys doing about it? Well, the you know, back 2012 probably was the time frame. 2013, and even through today, there was a lot of. Uh, they were the the word thrown around was hedge funds. Everyone was yeah. suddenly a hedge fund, but no matter how you look at it, there was a lot of entity buyers. A lot of they weren't your typical you know traditional investor that that we had known about before that time. And what we did to combat that, there was a lot of people that got very nervous. A lot of companies shut down. A lot of individual investors got out of the game in their market because they saw it was heating up too much. There was too much competition. Prices were going through the roof. All we did was double down on relationship. We basically went and met with all of the people, that, all the agents that we had bought houses from in the previous years, whether we had bought one or bought 50. And we just, we got their take on what was happening. We made sure they understood that we still wanted to buy. We wanted to be heavy players, but we weren't going to overpay. What transpired and came out of it was, and it still happens even to this day, was they a lot of offers are made and then they're renegotiated closer to closing. And 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 for some, it's been a good, it's been a good strategy. They've come in, they've said, we've got, you know, a lot of money to throw around millions. We will buy all these properties. We'll pay top dollar, but 72 to 96 hours before closing, they finally have a person that can take a look at it. And they come back and said, we, you know, our price was too high. We want to lower it down in the, in the position they're holding is that I want to make sure that everybody knows this isn't everyone, but this was something that we saw would happen and it did happen. And so all we did was kind of sit back the way we always do and say, when that happens, if you want a solid price, you know, someone that's going to not renegotiate with you and just, and just close the deal, give us a call. And we've, that's what I meant earlier by the, having the stronger contract. It's why we've, we've, and really as it, even as an individual investor, if you just build these tight personal relationships and you build rapport, you can, you know, make it through any fluctuation in the market, any, any, you know, price spikes, anybody coming in and driving the prices up, you can survive and make it through because the personal relationship is going to, is still going to earn you business. That's what it did for us. So, so beyond, beyond the, the on-market stuff, are, are you yeah. know, you, you guys going to auctions or you guys doing mailings? We just started, we just started ramping up our direct mail. Everybody always laughs at us because we were, we've never been a heavy direct mail kind of company. Well, you're in a market where a property on market, you can actually kind of get deals. Well, for a while at least, right? Sure, sure. And and we're also like we're in Dallas and Houston. So you're talking about two massive markets where there's there's just a lot of opportunity. But there still hasn't been enough for us to grow the way we want to grow. So we have started doing direct marketing, which has been – that's unique for us. We we haven't used direct marketing in a very long time, direct mail. We've started to do a lot more online it's, it's amazing how you can buy houses through social media. So we are able to purchase houses. We've, we've done a few through social media. How do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? What does that mean? Well, you're advertising as a buyer. So you select a very particular market that you want to advertise and add to in an area. So market meaning the, the, the personality, the avatar that you want to see your ad. And then you design an ad basically that, you know, for us, we're a family owned business that buys properties in your area, you know, go here to to see who we are, what we offer. If you'd like somebody to take a look at purchasing your house. So we, you know, it's, it's just your traditional ad. We take the same yep. direct mail ad, but we put it online. 
And it's actually worked. It's worked uh, quite well. And so we buy houses again in Texas through that way. That's still not the main way, but, and we do, we do do some today through the, the auctions, which those are absolutely one of the most amazing ways to find really, really good deals. If you're, if you know what you're looking for, we've, we recently bought, you know, because we're not scared of mold. We're not scared of fire damage. We're not scared of, of foundation issues. And so if you are willing to go and, and, you kind of know how to mitigate those things. You can pick up some really, really good deals that most investors, especially the entities they want to stay away from because they want something that's much less hands-on. If you're willing to go in and you know how to do the work, you can get some really good deals at, at the auction house. And so. And you're talking that's, about that's, like the, the county auction, the government type options that we're talking about. Well, I'm talking more of the, the, you know, they, they all have companies now that they've hired some are national, some are local that they hire to actually auction their properties off for them. Okay. Um, and so that's what I mean. So they might be county owned. They might be owned because of taxes or, as I said, it, it might be because something's happened to the property itself. And so they're just selling it at auction, such as a fire damage or, you know, something along those lines. And they still they bring an auction company in to actually conduct the auction. We will go to those and and have been very successful. OK, so okay. but we, we never had to do that before. You, you know, Josh, that's to your point. We used to simply have relationships with local real estate agents and off MLS and we could buy everything we wanted. We just can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and it's, it, that's something that, that listeners should pay attention to. I mean, you know, in order for you to continue thriving, your strategy has to shift, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I'm, I'm a still big believer in it. And I say this all the time that an investor should be able to find a deal that makes sense. Uh, everybody's going to define that themselves, but they should be able to find a deal that makes sense in any city during any market up or down. It just takes, it takes persistence and patience and you have to, you have to be willing to work a little bit, but you know, the deals are still out there. And it's funny. We, we talk about it like it's a really big number, you know, trying to buy 15 to 17 a week. And it is. And I get that listeners, some listeners saying, you know, that's, you know, what they might try and do in a year. But when you really break it down in the, in the big markets we're in, it's not, a lot. It's just, it's still, it's the same function of numbers. It's the same. You have to just extrapolate how many offers do I have to make? How many phone calls do I have to make? How many lunches do we have to go on? How many, you know, interactions do you have to have in order to buy this number of properties each week? In other words, you're just working that same process, whether you're trying to buy one deal a year or 50 deals a year or hundred deals a year. It's just, it's just a process. process. It's the same thing we were doing when we were trying to buy one house. Well, can you, can you give some actionable advice for people listening right now? I mean, like, like, what are some things they can do as part of their process right now? Like you just mentioned a few things, but uh, talk to the people that are listening right now that are maybe looking for that first deal or maybe their second deal and they're struggling to find stuff. What, what can they do? Well, if they're not, it's, it's difficult to do this business and be an introvert. It's difficult if you have trouble talking to people or putting yourself out there because, you know, if you, if you can't see it and if you don't believe it and if you don't already have the swagger and confidence of somebody that knows what they're looking for. I mean, it's going to be hard to build personal relationships and have somebody trust you and believe you that you're a real buyer. That makes sense. You, you have to be able to sell yourself and believe in yourself. So if you really want to be a real estate investor and part-time, full-time doesn't matter, but you, you know, you want to make this happen and you want to be hands-on, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to go to whether it's real estate meetings, you know, different RIA clubs, whether it's going on like a, like a platform, like a bigger pockets and meeting other investors that are in your city near you and inviting them. Can we go have coffee together? Can I buy you lunch? You know, whatever. Can we sit down? 
you want to go to the, I always tell people to, to find the three or four biggest realtors, those, especially those that are selling the most houses in the price point that, that investors are buying and pick number three or four and say, can I take you to lunch? Can I buy you coffee? I want to sit down. I want to, I want to tell you who I am, find out how we can do more business together and see if you will begin to make offers on my behalf to buy houses. The reason why you pick number three and four is because they're hungry. They want to get to be number one yeah. and two. And so you go and, and you just have to be willing to go and say the truth. You know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest guy out there. I haven't done a hundred deals, but I have my act together. I have my financing together. I have my plan. I know what I want to do. Can you help me? This is, this is still a absolute people business. And the more people, you know, the more willing you're, you're able to get out there and meet people and tell them who you are, what you want to do, the more likely it is you're going to have success. That's great. So very good advice. It's time. For it's, time for it. it's time. It's time. The random five. All right, let's take a quick break here and jump into what we, uh, a new segment of our show, which we call our random five. These are five random questions just to get to know you, Chris, a little bit better. Uh, this is a new segment. It wasn't on last time you were on the show. So number one, do you like spicy food? No. Really? And you're in Dallas? I mean, no, you're not in Dallas, but you, you work in Dallas and you don't like spicy food. What's, what's wrong with you? You know, I, I, do I like spicy food? It's okay, but it's not my favorite. No. Okay. He's okay. weak. Um, next question. Would you wait, 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 wait. Do you remember? I'm saying that to the guy who's running an ultra marathon. Do, yeah, yeah. Well, do you remember, Josh, when we were sitting at that restaurant with you and all your friends, like what, a year ago or something like that for your 40th birthday party? And you guys were all freaking out over the hot sauce and I like drank oh, that the stuff. That was hot. That I like. Oh, there's like spicy, and then there's holy shit spicy. My man card yeah, just raised like 500 points that day because like Josh and his friends were like crying. And I'm like drinking the stuff, and yeah, it was great. Yeah, hey, I like flavor. All right, <laughs> spicy and hot are different things. I like flavor spicy. Hot, nah, not so much. All right, next question: Would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? <laughs> uh, wow. I was, I was like all over the invisible part until you put the other side of it. Yeah. Uh, I think invisible for sure. I, invisible, I think would have better, better outcomes. A little more creepy. Okay. Yes, <laughs> slightly. Just slightly. All right. Would you rather, would you rather water ski or snow ski? Oh, uh, snow ski for sure. Okay, cool. So the next question is, what historical figure would you like to see in present day? I'm, I'm going to change that. This, this is an interview question I like to ask people, which is, if you could experience the one day in the life of anybody, living or dead, who would it be and what day would it be? Fancy. Uh, I, I think I would, uh, I would like to be Abraham Lincoln. The day that they got the uh, the votes through Congress to kind of pa- to pass the uh, end of slavery. I would like to be because that was from what we know about it was a incredibly moving day with lots of lots of different meetings he had to go to and lots of trepidation in his mind. I would love to be him on that particular day to see what that felt like and what was going, you know, what he was experiencing. Awesome, All right. awesome. All right. Um, ooh, I like this question. Number, number uh, last one. This is number five, right? I think. Yeah. If yep. you could take a year off completely off work and zero work. You could do that entire year. And I'm going to also say zero running, like, you know, marathon running. What would you do? One year off, one year off of running and work. I, I, I would live on a boat. Uh, and I would see 
the Adriatic Sea. I would go see the Croatian coast uh, and Greece. Some of the some of the places uh, where modern civilization started, and then uh, that, that I would go see parts of the world that are way, way, way more ancient and older than uh, I am for sure that I can't see otherwise. Uh, f- Follow up to would, that. Would T Pain be on the boat with you? <laughs> uh, we boat, haven't hung but... out in a while, but uh... <laughs> well, I, well, I want, I want to follow I'm up with that. Though. <laughs> why have you not? Why, why do you not do that? Why, why not do that? We're getting deep here, but you know. Well, the kids. Why haven't I done it yet? You mean? Yeah. Why haven't you done it yet? Yeah. Well, yeah, because of priorities with the with my children, and so we do a lot, and so I sacrifice. You know, you, you make different sacrifices, different things, whatever. So one of the things I sacrifice is that. But doesn't mean I sacrificed everything for the kids, but that's one thing that I sacrificed for them is to be able to go and, and live on a boat for a little while, which I, I mean, I love the ocean. So, yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Well, that was the, uh, that was our random five. Thanks, Chris. That was fairly random. That was. It was good. Yeah. Chris, so I want to, I want to shift a little bit and, yeah. you know, we may, we may bounce back, but there's, there's something in your life that uh, Brandon and I have, have both spoken about that's fascinating. And, and I, I think it is relevant to, to everything that we're talking about here. And that's the ultra marathon. So you are currently training, as I understand, to run in an ultra marathon. So can you first explain what, what is an ultra marathon? Why, why? on, <laughs> why in hell Yep. Would anyone of sane and sound mind like yourself want to do such a thing? And and then we, we got a whole lot of follow-ups that, that come. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you that, it, and I will keep it as brief my story as possible, but there's... That's impossible with you. Yeah, I know, I know with me, but I am... So I turned 45 in like in just a couple of weeks. And then uh, 10 days after I turned 45... I will run in the Keys 100 ultra marathon, which an actual ultra marathon is any distance of 50 kilometers or longer, which is roughly 31 miles. And I chose to do the 100 mile ultra marathon. Not 100 kilometer. No, I chose to do the 100 mile. Okay. So, which is about 160 kilometers. But it, um, for those of you that are, that are listening in England, <laughs> I just want to give them the, the proper metric. So I'm, uh, I'm just, I realized that there are some things, and this is a, this is a physical challenge that I will not be able to do as I get older. And I, I was at the point where I've had a lot of, again, no matter how you define success, I've, I've had success as a businessman. I've had success as a family man. I've had success as an entrepreneur. I've wanted to try something different. Now I was a, I was a excellent runner in my younger years. I've, I've always been a runner through unfortunate circumstances. I did not run in college, but I, I should have, and I had the chance to do it. And so this was something that it wasn't trying to recapture my glory days, but it was one of those things that I knew was inside me that I wanted to accomplish and I wanted to see if I could push and I didn't do it when I was younger. So I was like, I have to do it now or just give it up. And to be, to be very direct with you, it's funny that you ask about, it does have a lot to do with real estate. I learned so much so far training for this that directly correlates to how I've had success in everything from real estate to business to everything. And I didn't, I didn't realize it until I I started taking time to document and write down what I was doing and what I was feeling and what I was going through. And I realized that it's a process, Brandon, to use, go back to your word. It is, 
it's no different. This is no different than anything else that I've ever done to have success, the way I've gone about this particular race. And I haven't completed it yet. I haven't, you know, I haven't been successful yet. I've run 31 miles. Uh, so I've done the, I've done the 50 kilometer. I've done the ultra distance and I know what to expect. And I've done, my training has been just insane to get ready for this, both mentally and physically. But I, I know that guys, if I finish this race, I can't believe I just used the word if, um, when, when, <laughs> yeah, when I finish this race, exactly. It is going to be, I, I, I want to go through the physical pain. I want to go through the, the, and pain's the wrong word. I want to go through the challenge of this thing and to see if I can defeat my mind, to see if I can make my mind not, you know, kind of, kind of fight back against me, get it out of the way and actually go and finish this hundred mile race. It'll, it'll take me about 24 hours of running straight, but Wow. That's that's wild. So, you know, it, it's out beyond the sheer insanity of it because, you know, you, you acknowledge, I'm sure, that it's clearly of insane. Course. But it sounds a lot like buying your first deal. It's, you know, there's, there's a – I'm sure you'll readily admit you're, you're scared to death of this thing. I'm sure you'll readily admit that you, you know, it would be so easy for you to find excuses why – you shouldn't do it. Reasons why you're you're not going to do it, sure. and, and there's this fear, right? And and that's what anybody who buys that first property really has to overcome, right? Is that that fear of failure, that fear that they can't do it, the fear that they're not good enough, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's I broke this down, Josh, into. And I didn't realize I was doing this. You know, like I said, I had to, it was through going back and looking to realize what what was happening, but. I, I broke the race down into, for me, 10, 10 mile races. Yep. And I came up with a reason for each of those 10 miles. Now it's, for me, it's charity based, but, but it's also like one of the reasons for one of the 10 miles, it's going to be my family. One of them is going to be the team here at Memphis Invest. Then I've got, I've got different charities I'm running for. And, and I found myself creating something bigger than myself, bigger than just wanting to do this for me. Then I, I mean, I, I fully committed to it. I decided that this wasn't a goal because goals are easy to give up. You know, this wasn't a, this wasn't um, like success steps because when you, when you miss one, what do you do? You just turn around and make a new one. You know, when you yeah. don't hit a goal, you just say, okay, well, I didn't hit that goal. Let me just create a new goal. This yeah. had to be something that I was so passionately committed to that I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't just say, oh, well, I, I didn't do a hundred miles, but I did 57. You know, that's, that's a lot. No, I, this had to be like so passionate that I was not going to be denied. Then I actually hired a coach for this and I recognized that I needed to surround myself with really, really good, smart people. And when I did, they gave me advice and set out my game plan. And I promptly went about not doing it, <laughs> <laughs> which is, is common. I, I went about thinking that I could do some of my own research online and I was, I was doing some things on my, on my own. I was reading different things and I questioned a lot about what they were doing. I even, they gave me like very specific things to do. And I was like, I would send it back to them and say, well, I, I couldn't follow your plan, but here's what I did. And they kept coming back to me saying, if you follow our steps, you will finish this race. If you don't, ah, then I don't care if you finish or not. Because, you know, you hired me to coach you. I'm trying to do it. You're doing your own thing. And so it took me a while to get in line with them. 
But when I did, when, so when I, when I knew that this is what I, what I most wanted and when I put all my energy and my thoughts and my actions towards exactly what my coaches were telling me and I had the 10 step process. So basically chunking something big down, it became like, it, it became so simple. I, I was telling people that I ran, I ran 30 miles last Saturday and I used to, oh. I remember I used to be like, when I'd run three, I'd be like, God, is this almost over? I mean, I'm like two and a <laughs> half miles and when is this going to end? And I literally, I was thinking that about this story. <laughs> I like the story. Keep going. Uh, No, keep going. It's great. It was, it's basically, it's just understanding that it's no different. You, you know, you have something that you most want. You're, you're not willing to give it up. You've got to create action steps and that you have to take in a reason. It's got to be bigger than just making money. It's got to be bigger than, I just don't want to work my nine to five job anymore. That's not, that's not specific enough. There has to be something that you're actually doing this for. Surround yourself with good people follow their direction, follow their advice. That's why you asked yourself to be surrounded by them in the first place. And then what you'll find is in my case of 30 miles that I enjoyed running 30 miles. I I no longer even thought about the three miles. I no longer thought about in this case with real estate, the number of offers I had to make or the fear of what happens if they get accepted or where am I going to find the money? I just thought about this is what I most want. And I put, you know, surround myself with the right people. I'm going to make this happen. And so we'll see what happens on, on May 20th, how long it takes me, but I am, I'm going to start at 630 in the morning. And I hope to not have to watch the sun rise the next day. I hope that I'm done uh, inside of 24 hours, but we'll see. Wow. That's amazing. 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 And, and I really, really love how you said exactly what I was hoping you were going to say, which is, I mean, you know, this is no different really than, than making that decision to go ahead and become a real estate investor, right? You know, there's, there's so many people, we, we all know this, right? I mean, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they never do it. It's the guy who decides I'm going to start a diet. It's the guy who starts, decides whatever, one of a million things that people always say that they're going to do. The difference between those people who say they're going to do it and those that do it is exactly what you said. You've got to find a reason why there's no other choice but to do that one thing. And there needs to be a plan. There needs to be that motivation. And then you just do it. And that's, that's the difference. I mean, I, we're on show 200 something here. Every single person that we've interviewed on this show over the years, that that's what they've done. You know, anyone I know who's gone and started something and been successful with it, that's what they've done. So to everybody listening, you want to, you want to actually get started Rewind it, listen to Chris's long but completely motivating story <laughs> about running and think about that in the context of real estate. And you, you got what you need. It's, it's funny. I was asked by some people, why don't, because I've never run a marathon. Am I, in fact, the, my first time to ever run a marathon distance was this past Saturday when I went 31 miles. I went, I went a little further and I was asked by people, why not just go run a marathon? And the, the, the honest answer is the same reason why it's the same excuse. Some people do with real estate. I've actually registered for five marathons and five times I found an excuse not to do it. I paid money and entered the race and five times I've, I've gotten hurt or I couldn't uh, find time to, to put in the training or I had to, make a trip and go speak somewhere, whatever it ends up being, it's always some excuse to not do it. And it was easy to give up. It was this goal that was easy to give up. I I decided that 
I knew that I could do a marathon. A lot of people listening to this that haven't invested in real estate can say, well, I know I can invest in real estate. I mean, how hard can that be? I mean, there's houses for sale everywhere. I can, I can go, I can invest in real estate tomorrow, but they don't have a most want. I mean, they don't have something in them that says, this is just, it's burning me up on the inside as desire. And it might be that they know that one house would be good, but it wouldn't make a huge difference. Whereas 10 houses will. So yeah. what do I do to get 10 long-term buy and holds? What do I do to, to do a flip that is, I mean, so audacious that I'm going to make, you know, as much money as I make at, at my job in a year. And that's, that's the thing that should be when, when somebody gets that and they, they pinpoint it and they say, that's it. And they latch on, they won't give up. They, they it's one of those things where you can't just make an excuse and just walk away from it. It is this, I have to do this. And that's a unique difference between people that say they're going to do something and those that it becomes an obsession. Yeah. I love that. So very cool. Very cool. Well, well, I mean, I, I kind of want to talk like for the next hour on just that topic, yeah. but and we, we got to get out of here. Running but, out of time for sure. Uh, so I want to ask you before we get out of here, before we move to the fire round, famous for all that good stuff, you've got, for those people who are not watching this on YouTube, you can't see this if you're listening on, uh, on, you know, on your iPhone or whatever, but behind Chris is a ton of whiteboard stuff. Like you've got whiteboards and post-it notes and like, what are those things called? Gigantic post-it notes, like the four foot ones. Anyway, can you explain like, you don't have to walk through your numbers, but I'm like, what is all that? Briefly. And, and, yeah, bri- <laughs> briefly. <laughs> what is all that? So and how do you keep track of your life like that? Or what is that? I just, so I have uh, an assistant for the first time. I've got a guy that works with me in our marketing department. And so this is, this is like a publishing schedule of when we're going to publish content. This is all the training and conferences that we're going to for the year back behind me. Yeah. That, that's, that's for us to be able to, to keep track of our, you know, our, our top KPIs, the most important metrics that we, that we track. And we have all this in data, you know, we can see all this in a, you know, in a, in a computer screen, but we just put it up in front of us. We've always found, my dad's always taught us that, that you just take the most important things. You just put them in front of you all the time. And so that's where they are. And then over here, it's funny. That's actually where I'm keeping up with the book. I'm tracking all the the stuff with this race. So I've got everything up here that, that is kind of uh, my notes in, in, I'm documenting this thing in case I decide to write a book about running a hundred miles, which is, that's one of the goals that I have. So that's what, that's what all that is. That's real interesting. But, but we constantly keep stuff in front of us. That's the main thing. Keep your most important numbers in front of you all the time. Don't just, don't just relegate them to some computer screen. Keep them in front of you. I love, I love that. Love, love, love that. And, and I'm guilty of like, I wish if only I could see it constantly in front of me. And I think this show is my motivation to stop looking at a lot of this crap on the screen and literally have it up on boards everywhere. Because if you're constantly looking at it, you don't, you don't forget it. You're, you're constantly thinking about it. So it's great. Yeah, I'm that's right. And then we yeah. have, we have the team member who's responsible for it come in and update it so that awesome. they are doing it. Yeah. So yeah. that, cool. yeah, I actually, I bought a big four by eight whiteboard just like you have there and I put it on my wall and I just never, uh, I just never used it hardly at all. So like, I'm going to, I'm recommitting to that right now. I'm going to have uh, Tracy, who's uh, my kind of assistant slash lead person. She's going to come in there and update that thing every week with our numbers. I love it. My work is done here. Your work is done. All right. All right. So let's shift gears here and head over to our world famous. It's time for the fire round. All right, let's get to the fire round. These questions all come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums, uh, and we're going to fire them right at you, Chris. Number one, we are a new LLC and just trying to find some insight on how to start building business credit. Any suggestions? 
local banks, local farm credit bureaus, local credit unions. These are the places that are, they have one, they, they've got uh, more lending uh, capacity. They have fewer of the, of the big, you know, board members that have to get in and get things approved that they can, they can lend money with, with less approval. They're looking to do business with local people. If you have your act together, if you can present them with a really good plan, don't walk in looking like, uh, well, never mind. <laughs> you were going to go there, weren't you? You were going there, right? Absolutely. Please tell me you were going there. No. I shaved. So, I shaved. You get it. You get it. I'm go in clean. there and make, you know, care about how you look, care about the appearance you make, care about the information you give them. And that's how you build your credit. My job is done here. Thank you, Chris. All right. Next question. With property management companies, would I need a minimum amount of properties in my portfolio to have a property manager cover my units? Uh, no. I think All the right. question is, can I, can I get a manager with just one rental? And the answer is yes. As yes. you just said. Yeah, there you go. It is. You that should was, always. Okay. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> that was very, yeah, very short. All right. Uh, number three is actually a question that I, I cannot wait to hear you answer this because this is something I deal with a lot. My tenant will not stop asking for improvements to their property. How do I politely or effectively tell them no? Uh, right off the bat, from the beginning, um, address them as a resident rather than a tenant. Ooh. So it's their property. Mm. If they have a minor improvement that they want to make to the property, they are free to make it with your approval. But this property that you take great care of and that you have provided for them as a benefit to them, so they should be proud and happy and thankful to have it, it is as it is. You take great care of it. You provide it, you know, clean, safe uh, environment, but they are the resident. They reside in the property. So if they have some minor things that they would like to do to improve their stay, by all means. All right. I like it. Right on. Right on. All right. Last question. What factor, I, I've got a list here. What factor determines a good long distance investment as somebody who, who provides such investments, obviously not giving you a door to pitch, but like, you know, for somebody who's just like, Hey, you know, I, I think it's, I think it'd be cool to, to, to looking outside my market. What would you okay. tell someone? Yeah, I would tell you that it's 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 going to be different for every single person, but the result is the same. A good passive investment, whether it's next door or across the town or across the country, allows you to sleep well at night. You feel, I mean, you're confident, you've done your homework, you are relaxed and able to sleep well that you've made a good decision. Everyone will come to that conclusion differently. So it's not just one thing, but because everyone's going to favor different things or have different, you know, challenges they want to overcome. But it's whatever investment allows you to be calm and confident that you've made a good, smart decision. That's it. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I like that a lot. Very cool. All awesome. Right. Well, let's head over to the last segment of our show, which we lovingly refer to as our famous four. Famous four. Question number one. What is your favorite? And obviously, I know you're a reader. I, that's one thing I love about you is you read a lot of books. And so what is your current favorite real estate related book? Not business, but real estate related book. It hasn't changed. Okay. Nothing, I've, nothing I've read has been able to change this. Make It Big by Frank McKinney. So last time you were on the show, 
you said that, I immediately bought it. It's been sitting on my like shelf of books I'm going to read next since the last yeah. time you're on the show. It's been two years. <laughs> so I, you know, Frank McKinney, again, I just say that's just, that's just one of those books that I try to replace it with other books. It just, the way it's written and the message it has, I, I go to it every single year. I don't know when that'll ever end. All right. So that's, that's still it. I'm making a commitment right here, by the way. I'm going to read that book in the next month. I'm going to read it. Yeah, please. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that, it's that's going to be like me in the four hour work week. Yes. All right. <laughs> Favorite business book, Chris. Currently. Uh, you know, it is business. It's called Stealing Fire. Ooh. Stealing Fire is, it is about business. So just read it. I'll, I'll leave it at that right there. It's not, it's not going to be like the rest of your business books. It's not like Blue Ocean or anything along those lines. It's not with that, but it's, it's absolutely about how to get the most out of your brain, how to get yourself in that state where you are just like so hyper uh, creative and moving forward and how to get yourself to the, to the, the point of, of being incredibly productive. Because you need more of that. All right, next question. Um, number three, <laughs> hobbies. What, what do you do for fun besides? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, do I need I mean, to answer that right now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, okay. well, well, this is what, what do you do for fun, not for pain? So, you yeah. know. Well, and I, you yeah. have a new baby, by the way, right? Congrats. Well, she's not a baby. Well, they're not a baby anymore. Uh, it's only three years old, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a, <laughs> Since so we I, last spoke, I think. I would say that, yeah, I've got uh, five kids. There you go. That's what I do for fun is uh, I have five kids from 15 down to three. So nice. that's my fun. Yeah, you're always at games doing doing fun stuff oh, with them. Gosh. It never ends, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Brandon? All right, last question for me. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from all those who give up, fail, or never get started? Well, you just said uh, one thing that I think is key to the question, and that's the give up part. So many, many uh, investors who failed, refused to give up and quit back from 2007 to 2010 are your most successful investors today. And so no matter what it is, whether it's real estate or anything else, when you give up or when you quit, there's a period at the end that, that now you, you've now have been defined by whatever you did or did not do. When you don't give up, there's no period. It's just a comma. It's just, you, it's just the next, next piece of it. So I think the difference is those that don't give up, they believe in whatever their dream is. They believe in their most want. They're willing to, to sacrifice and fight for it are the ones that ultimately end up defining themselves as successful. I love That's it. Great. I love it. It's great. Well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It's always, always great to get some wisdom from you and, and, you know, really, uh, really happy to hear how well things are going for, for you and your business. Congrats on all the success. And you know, maybe, maybe we'll have you on for a four, fourth show in, in a couple of years. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where things go, right? Just, yeah, if we could, if we could work it out where I'm the first four visit person, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> or yeah. you can cut that out. You can cut that out if you want to. <laughs> no, uh, we're keeping that like You're both like, yeah, okay, that's not <laughs> good. No, I have, I had Mindy like flailing at my window because I, I, I got to bounce out of here in a second. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much. And we will, we'll be, we'll, we'll see you around, man. Absolutely guys. Congratulations on everything. Thanks. Thank Love you. It. Thank you, Chris. We'll see you later. All right, guys, that was Chris Clothier once again. Wow. Brandon, when are you going to run a hundred miles? I know I'm, I'm working on it right now. You know, I just ran, you know, I, I ran uh, to the bathroom. <laughs> <That's about laughs> Nothing new there. Nothing yeah. new there. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, yeah, but, I, I love the analogy. The the you know the work that he had to put into that. The the mindset game behind running 100 miles is just as important as the process between doing it. And the same yeah. thing is true for real estate, right? You can get the mechanics yeah. right. Everybody knows how to run. That's not the, that's not the challenge. Yeah, I've you know? seen you run, so I wouldn't say quite <laughs> everybody. But yes, I can run. you're right. It's a, just because I'm six foot nine and okay, I'm six foot five. I can I can run okay. You Which know? you can. I can't give you a hard time. I've I've been on the treadmill <laughs> next to you, and like you know, your ostrich legs make it really hard for me to keep up. But well, what I look know. like. You remember that? You know the video of the uh, the Bigfoot like sighting out in the woods, or like, <laughs> big, like, yeah, that's what I look like when I run because my limbs are like nine feet long. You know, <laughs> the good thing I get I cover it's, more it's, distance. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Awesome man. Awesome. Well, yeah, great show, guys. Definitely get out there, get motivated, make moves. Big thanks to Chris again for coming back on the show and, and sharing his story. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm going to say one thing, Brandon, I'm slightly envious of you. Not, not for anything other than the fact that you are <laughs> currently in Hawaii. I mean, there's literally no I, personal traits. I don't know why there's, you're not here with me. Nothing else, but the fact that you're in, in, in Hawaii uh, makes me just slightly, slightly envious. That's the only reason I come is just to make you jealous so that you would get out here and come surf with me. I heard you kite surf. Isn't that a thing? I uh, windsurf. I have not yet kite surf. Oh, okay. I, I surf and uh, yeah, I, I would love it. I would love it. I am, I am having a surgery in a couple of days. So well, yeah, that's, that's a lame yeah. excuse. Yeah, a little bit. You little know, bit. some people want it. Some people wish it would happen and others make it happen, Josh. That's right. That's wow. Michael Jordan's quote right wow. there. Wow. We all know that's which great. type you are. It's coming from the seven foot five guy who doesn't even know what a basketball looks like. <laughs> hey, I dunked a basketball. Do you know that? I dunked them once in my whole life. Let me tell you about I did the, not know that. the best now, week of my life. Now, was there a trampoline involved? There was no. This was the best week of my life. I'm not even kidding. This was an amazing week. I had my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I just asked her out, like, Four days before You've that. Told, so I know, I know this First story, date, shaved my head into a mullet. Yep. And then... and That so was like, classy and classic. Right? You should do that again. And then the Fu Manchu mustache, which we colored in with mascara. Then I dunked a basketball. Yes. Then I had my first kiss. All in the same Ooh. week. Wow. I never again dunked a basketball. Never again kissed Never again wife. had a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> there was something magical about the mullet. I might bring it back at some point. You know, oh, the, the mullet and the forbid. Fu Manchu. Please, mm. please, please don't. I might. Please don't. We'll see. All right, man. Well, listen, good show. Until next time, guys, this is show 224, the Bigger Pockets podcast. You can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 224. Big thanks again to Chris and uh, Brandon. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you. You too. <laughs> this is Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations 
is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enroll me today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enroll me. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.